So we're in a series called All Things New. Um, this is a, I think this is a fun series. It is for me. It, it has a lot of really neat subjects that run through it and uh, allows us to talk about some things we, we probably can't always talk about because they, they fit together. And so I've told you from the beginning in this series that there'll be times when I don't complete a full sort of idea in the little time that we have together, but that I'll catch up to it uh, next week. And then also sometimes things will weave in and out of this whole process. So we're sort of in a, I left you at a cliffhanger last week. And uh, we're going to dig into it in just a moment where I left you. And then I'm also going to tell you right up front that I've got another sort of couple of thoughts to add to where I need to finish today. So it's a cliffhanger on a cliffhanger. I don't know how many of those I can get away with in a row, but uh, that's what's going to happen. And so we're we're talking about all things new, how um, we get a new start when we follow Jesus and what that does and how that changes everything that we become at that moment new creations. We've just touched on that, but we're coming back to that more uh, idea next week as we tie in some of these other ideas. Then I talked about our hope for the future and I, I gave you the terminology life after life after death and, and what that means. And, and we've, we've looked at the, the uh, Revelation 21 passage where heaven comes to earth. Remember, Revelation 21 is kind of the culmination of all of the promises in the scripture. And, and that something significant is said there in the, in the restoration of all things. And in that time, heaven comes to earth. And that this is a picture um, that, that starts back in the original creation, that, that they're in Eden. It's sort of a cosmic temple where heaven and earth meet and then gets messed up with a fall. And then in the Exodus, the tabernacle, there's a place where heaven and earth meet. And the tabernacle becomes the temple, a place where heaven and earth meets. And the temple is destroyed, but then Jesus comes back and he says he's the temple. We've got Jesus, fully God and fully man, heaven and earth meet. And then Jesus defeats death and rises again after the cross and, and uh, the Holy Spirit comes. And now the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And Paul says, we're the temple. Uh, And so another place where where heaven and earth meet in us. All of those are pictures of what's going to happen at the the renewal of all things. That new heaven comes to new earth. The word there new is restored. And and so we're seeing that picture. And the idea is that you need to see that sort of the end point as believers isn't a cloud with a harp which a lot of people think, which would be cool, but it's something better in that everything is restored. We're back to the original sort of intention with creation. Jesus is dwelling with us. We're in new bodies and and we're back here doing what we were originally called to do on the earth, which is all restored and put back together. And so your, your life starts at this point with Jesus and continues on. And who you are now is who you will be throughout. And it continues on in, in, um, here. And I, you sort of need to start thinking that way because it changes the way that you live now. And that's the big point of this whole series is that it impacts us in the right now. So last week, as we were talking, because we talked about life after life after death, I, I, uh, I actually started to talk about death there. And, and I want to get back to it today as we see what God does in that and in that whole process and how amazing that is. So that's the intro transition. Always a bad joker. Oh, before I do that, to the person who stole my glasses, I will find you. I have contacts. I've been thinking that hypothetical situations could also be called weather forecasts. W-H-E-T-H, weather or not. Yeah. You'll get it in a minute, maybe. 
Here's another one you got to think about. I've got a friend that just started his new occupation, helping to move patients around the hospital. He says it's a very rewarding job. <laughs> hospital wards. Oh, good. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Apologies to the visitors. Here we go. Scripture reading. Why we came. John 1. 1 through 9. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made that had, uh, were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through Him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives life to everyone was coming into the world. Blessed be the word of the Lord. We're going to get back into that passage in just a moment. But as I said, last week we we talked about death. uh, Life after life after death. So we need to understand death. And and I said uh, and introduced the idea to you that that death is, is not just a biological state. That's what we tend to think of it, sort of our biochemical process is shutting down. That scripturally, death is actually a power. And that what happened at the fall was that when um, Adam and Eve ate from the tree of, uh, that they were told not to eat of, what, what they allowed to happen in that sin was they allowed a way for this power of death to enter into the world that hadn't existed before. And everything changed at that moment. And, and so, so I, I said, I want you to think of it in those terms uh, of death as a, as a power. And I, I associated that with, with the enemy because the enemy controls and has dominion over death, if you would. And so through death, he, he sub, you know, all of us then were subjected to his cruel reign and everything has changed from that point in time. So, so death entered the world in that whole, in that moment. And, um, when you see the picture in, in Genesis, because he said to Adam and Eve, if you eat from it, you'll surely die. And yet they don't immediately physically die, but they experience a very real death inwardly and spiritually. Everything changes. And I said the fall impacted them relationally. All of a sudden they were fighting with one another. Their children, uh, we see quickly, one kills another. So relationally they, they died. Um, vocationally. They were given a task to do to subdue the earth. That's totally taken away and changed. So that emotionally, no longer do they have access um, the way they did to the presence of God. Uh, Suddenly they're filled with guilt and shame. All these things happen at the fall. And then ultimately, physically, their their bodies will, uh, you know, succumb to death. And that will be the point. So we see that happening and where we're at in the whole process. And, And so something needs to happen to change that. And, and that's what we have in Jesus. For, for the, the rule of the evil one to be broken, Jesus needed to release us from the power of death. And so Jesus invades the world with a new power, and that's the power of life. The power of life entered the world in Jesus. Now, nearly everything teach, that Jesus teaches about is about the power of life. It's a life from eternity. It's an eternal life. And, and oftentimes when we've looked at that in the past, we, we see the idea of eternal life. And we thought about it again in this, this, these terms of sort of afterlife. That, that, and even we read it and we think of heaven. But the reality is that, that this is a life from eternity that disrupts the power of death 
on this planet. That's what happens. Remember, you got, you got death and darkness and you got light and life in Jesus. And when he comes, it disrupts everything. Uh, Colossians 1.13, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. And so something's changed. And John begins to introduce us to that in our scripture reading. And what we see is John sort of reminding his readers of creation. He's going back to the creation account. When he says, in the beginning was the word, he's going right back to the Genesis 1 account. Um, and says, says basically the same thing in the beginning. And then he, he talks about what happens. And then he says, you know, this light is coming into the world. And, and that our experience in darkness is because we, we don't yet have Jesus' life. Verse 4 and 5, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness hasn't overcome it. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So the enemy may rule through the power of death, but Jesus arrives with the power of life to overthrow the power of death and to restore creation back to its intended design. Jesus delivers us from the power of death by taking us in some ways through death with him. And that's what I really want to talk about today, what that part of this process looks like. This whole series, I'm hoping, will just cause you to sort of think a little differently about things. That we, we, we look now at everything with that filter of Revelation 21, new heaven and restored earth, everything coming together, what that means. And so we have to look and understand and think about things differently. You know, my hope uh, is that as we continue to, to move on in the Lord, that we continue to press into the Scripture and, and that we, we understand more and, and we seek Him more and we, we just hang on to Him more in the process and that our, our, the way that we think about things has to change. And I think I experienced that... We all experience that in life. We're, we're trying to change some things. You know, I've, I've told you it's that center of the story thing. And I keep finding myself stuck in the center of the story. And little things happen where I get frustrated. Anybody here ever get frustrated? Have you ever noticed that when you're frustrated, you can sort of spontaneously do some really stupid things? You get angry and you, you, you would do things that you wouldn't ever normally do, but there's just a little hint of frustration begins to... So, you know, like on the way to church yesterday, this, is, this seems really simple, I know, but my little community, I love my little community, I'm, I'm leaving the little community to come to church Saturday afternoon, get ready for church. And as I get near the, the exit, there's four cars stopped there. And I can see at the very first car that there's two vehicles there facing in different directions and they're having a conversation. That shouldn't be a big deal, really. But my initial thought, i got to tell you, is where I go to is, who do they think they are? Don't they know who I think I am? Stop what you're doing. And then I, I have a thought like, like, well, I could just pass that entire group heading out of here you know, recklessly endangering everybody in the process and people that are standing around in bicycles and everything else. And, and, you know, I could just see him going, you know, as I'm honking by, oh, well, there goes Pastor Steve. <laughs> but I, I don't, fortunately, don't do any of those things. That's over time, I guess. But then I, I change of perspective, get myself out of the story. This isn't a big deal. Maybe it's really important what's going on, I hope. And, uh, 
I can get to that spot that they needed. To, that was the first. Something had to happen there. I'm okay. It's just a, it's just a minute or two. And, and really, I think a lot of the frustrations in life that cause us to do stupid things are, are no big deal. And yet we let them to be something much bigger than they are. And so all of that is what needs to change in us. And I think it changes when we get a different idea of the life that we're living now because of all the promises that we have in the process. And so the, the power of life comes. And, and um, Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection make it available to us in this process. So, so this whole dynamic, and we're about to celebrate that. You know, Easter's right around the corner. I don't know if you know, in, in the... If you followed sort of the church Christian calendar, this Sunday is called Septuagesima Sunday, which it, it means it's got the word 70 in there. It means that we're within 70 days of Easter. And, and so it's, it's right around the corner. And obviously that's what Easter is all about, crucifixion and resurrection. And it, it's in this where, where Jesus really just walks into the power of death and walks out on the other side. And that's what's so significant, because the, his eternal life, the power that comes with Jesus, is too much for the power of death to overcome. And so he just kind of walks right through it on the other side. Um, in effect, unscathed, if you would, actually upgraded in, in this whole journey. And what he does, amazingly, is he brings us as believers with him in this process. Now, on the way to the cross, Jesus is praying. And in John 15, 16, 17, he's praying these high priestly prayers and it's on his journey to the cross. And, and he says this fascinating thing in John 17, 24. And let me tell you, at this point, the entire dynamic has shifted not just to his disciples, but to all those who will believe in him. That includes all of us in the process. And he says, Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. What's happening there is Jesus is actually praying that as he's about to go to the cross, that, that God will, will, in the way that he does things, take us with him on that journey as he defeats death and rises again. That we will actually be with him in the process. And that's even for us today in what's happening. And so... What happens because of that is that death has no more hold on us because in effect, we've already died. We died with Jesus at the cross. Now, you might think, well, what are you talking about? Well, the the scripture is filled with verses that talk about that, but we've missed them a lot of times because we haven't read them through that lens. Look what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Colossians 3.3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Romans 6.5, for if we've been united with him like this in his death, we'll also certainly be united with him in his resurrection. So Jesus takes our lives through the power of death that ruled over us and brings us into eternal life. And, and that's significant into the way that we think about things. It changes everything in this dynamic of life after life after death. And so we look at the crucifixion and the resurrection, and the way that we, we look at that now is we, is we sort of we say, well, well, by faith, that was me too. That, that happened with me as well in the process. And, and so how do we step into that? Because that's good news that, that he's already taken us through this process of death and resurrection in some amazing way. And the only way we can do it is by faith. We, we 
we understand what Jesus has done and we believe in what he's done and we're included with him in that process. That's why Paul says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, made whole, um, caught up in that whole process. For it's written with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That's why it's so important to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's why when, when he's able to say that, when I've been telling you, when we make Jesus Lord and Savior of our lives, we become new creations because in some way we've gone through with him the cross, the crucifixion and the resurrection, and we've come out of it on the other side. The enemy's hold that he has on us is broken over us, and, and the crumbling of his reign over us starts at that moment. Do you remember I, I said when, when Adam and Eve died it affected them relationally you know um, vocationally emotionally physically well when you come to know Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes in you at that moment begins to change in those areas almost immediately relationally relationships can be restored Uh, we're to love God all in we're to love our neighbors as ourselves um, uh, that because before that we tend to be very selfish and now with the Holy Spirit's help we become selfless and it becomes bigger than us. Our, and so our relationships begin to get restored. Vocationally, um, we get back into being what we were created to be. Uh, God's workmanship, moving back as ambassadors and, 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 and helping in all the things that we can do in the process. Emotionally, we're, we're restored back into the presence of God. No longer does guilt and shame have a hold on us any longer. We've been set free and it begins to change everything. And even physically, things happen because... What happens for believers is what we, that point in time when we do in fact die, it's just the transition point into all of that stuff that we've been talking about. It's not an ending. It's this amazing beginning. And it's not just a, a beginning of, of cloud and harp time. It's the beginning of all that I've been talking about and all those amazing promises and this great restoration and renewal that's coming uh, for all of us at some point in time. So we, we step into that. What's happened is, is that he's allowed us to enter eternity early. And this is a big deal in the process. This, this whole idea, we're, we're entering into this power of life and all that it means on the journey. And so, um, if death is, is indeed this, this transitional point, if you would, between this life and the next, um, we live life here on earth... And then we die and we begin that next journey. And, and somehow, because we were with Jesus at the cross, it's already begun. That's why you've heard me say this for years. When you come to know Jesus, your eternal life has begun. It's already started. The you that's you is you forever. Um, you get an upgrade at some point in this transition, which is good news. Because some of us are more ready for an upgrade than others. New hardware. The software is getting better all the time. They're working the bugs out of the software. <laughs> some of you, I'm, 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 I'll be 60 in a few months. And some of you, I know, have a little more time on me than that. But, but would most of you say that, that, that the software part of life is getting better? I would. Uh, relationship, everything, it's all getting better. Uh, the, words, the only thing that's not getting so much better is the, the hardware. So, but a hardware upgrade is coming. It's new. It's transitioned. It's cool. It's, it's, it's you and it's more than you. It's such an amazing thing that you need to be thinking about. But that's what we're heading towards. And so what's happened is because of the cross and how Jesus has taken us with him through death and resurrection, 
look what it means because at some level this eternal life has already begun there's this bridge we've crossed already into eternity now look at this verse in light of those things Ephesians 2, 4 through 6 but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ when we were dead in transgressions it's by grace you've been saved all these elements that I just talked about coming together and look what happens next and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus something miraculous has already happened this is a past tense thing here this has already happened your eternal life has begun because of what Jesus has done we've pushed already into eternity we've been pushed into it um, while we're still in our mortal bodies but the end of time has already come upon us in some ways. So we're, we're people from eternity who are alive in the present. That's what I want you to think about this week. We're people from eternity who are alive in the present. Remember I said the point of this series ultimately is how understanding what happens changes us now. And, and so we're, we're people from eternity. See, I want you to go through this life that we have right now in Christ, understanding how amazing this life is. That, that there's something so much better coming. I mean, so, so magnified. Um, and, and with that promise of new heaven and new earth that, you know, I said to, I think the group last night, you know, I think we get so caught up at a certain point about bucket lists because we think we run out of time. Can I promise you that there's, you don't run out of time? And that what you don't accomplish, don't worry about. You'll get to do in a much better way in a little bit of time. There's something you didn't see that you want to see. You'll get to see it when it's like all redone and, and, and you know, perfected. And, and you'll get to be a part of the actual story. I, I want you to say that, that we sort of get that feeling. It allows us to settle into this time and to live this time, knowing it's all part of this eternal life that we have before us. Think about what it means to be a, a, a person of eternity living in the present and how that begins to change things. And think about that this week. And next week, i got a couple of things to add to that that are just takes it right over the top, promise-wise. But, but you have to hear that next week, okay? It's another cliffhanger. You know, fortunately, I get it. If, you, if you're not going to be here next week, it'll be online. Watch it. Just I encourage you to make sure that you get to it, okay? So let me end it there because I could keep going. I'm not going to. Ministry team, those here, why don't you head over to the wall? People on the way over that wall, they're here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. Let me pray for you as a group. Then we'll dismiss. Papa, we are so thankful for who you are and for all that you're doing. And, and God... Our desire is just to press in, to know you more, to understand how amazing this life is that you've given us, that you have broken in with the power of life. You've overcome the power of death. You've, you've overcome the rule of the enemy, and you've rescued us from his dominion and brought us into light and life. And, and let us live from that point, God. And as that changes us, let it impact the world around us for you, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again today for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. And we ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more, just one more lost child. Back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome God.
If you need prayer this morning for anything, the folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, they'll pray for you. And, and if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that right now. It's the most important thing you will ever do, the best decision you will ever make. Asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. It's humility and faith. And humility is just admitting to God you're broken like everyone else here you've sinned. Asking Him to forgive you, which you do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, do it now. I gave you the verse in Romans 10, 9 and 10 today. Believe that. Say that. Believe that in your heart. That's how we do that. Or just go ask somebody to help you. Say, I want to know Jesus. And they'll help you through a prayer like that. So if you need prayer for any of those things, I'd encourage you to get them. If you're going to stay and have second breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided today. Bless that. Everybody that makes it possible, draw people in for the 11 o'clock service, God. You are such an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from whom. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Breakfast will be there. Out in the parking lot. Be kind to one another. (laughs) Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.